Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, alongside Johnny Maffey, as always. Johnny, we have a new visual identity in the Futures League. Yeah, I love the new logo. Thanks to everyone for watching the video. Thanks to everyone for tuning into this, whether you're watching or listening. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. 66 days away from the Futures League opening day. 66 days away. And before we get to next season, we had a member of last year's Pittsfield Suns, Jake Blinstrup, on this episode of Back to the Futures. Pittsfield, right near the top all season long, came just short of the championship title. Matt Gedman was the co-manager of the year, and Blinstrup had a lot of good things to say about him, his time with the Suns, and his time at Mount St. Vincent. And the best part about Summerville is, yeah, so Mount Vincent's off to a pretty good start. Jake was the Skyline Conference Player of the Year last year. For them, he hit 547. I think that's good, right? Pretty good. Yeah, but uh, but the best part about Summerball is, you know, he uh, he actually he played Trinity last week where Gedman's an assistant coach, and they lost to them. And he was you know, he told us about the shift Gedman put on. He always had a good scout for them, um, and that's what we're seeing all around here. We're seeing a bunch of, you know, futures league guys killing it. But then they're you know we're also seeing in these New England matchups and all across the country, really Um, just a bunch of dudes playing against each other. And it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And Jake was also the recipient of the Adam Keenan scholarship from Pittsfield. So congratulations to him on that award. He talks about the, that honor among other things in this interview that we're going to get you to. So here is Jake Blinstrom. Let's roll. We're honored to be joined by our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He is was a recipient of the Adam Keenan Award in 2021, was also a Futures League All-Star, and a member of the Pittsfield Suns. It's Jake Blinstrup. Jake, how you doing today? Good, good. Been doing good. Thanks for having me. Jake, thanks for coming on. We got to start with the hard-hitting questions like we always do. How's your bracket doing? Ah, it's struggling right now. Struggling right now. I had none of the upsets, really, that I had going my way. But I mean, been some good games. I uh, not gonna tell you and sit here and lie to you that I had St. Peter's because I didn't. But <laughs> what about you? You got you got teams still in it? Well, I, I obviously did not have St. Peter's either. Uh, no, I got some. Uh, mine's doing decent. I I had UConn some for some reason going to the Final Four. I don't know why. Wow. But I mean, so that that was a tough one. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. That is. But I mean, it how's your bracket doing, Owen? Doing all right. I got got a couple brackets going on. The one that I was mainly focused on is the worst, which is funny, but uh, the other the other two are surviving. Um, I think the only I think I picked all the twelve fives wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, because you got to pick a couple twelves every year. I like yeah, I like St. Mary's a lot this year. Actually, I think I have them in my final four, so that's a big game tonight against UCLA. Yeah, definitely some more big games this weekend. We're recording Saturday, a couple days before release day, so. You're from Georgia. Are you a Braves fan? So I'm actually, so I live in Georgia. I actually grew up in upstate New York. Oh, okay. Um, so I've always really been a Yankees fan. I hate to say it, but I, uh, as since I moved down there, like the five, six years, I just, I've grown into enjoying watching the Braves play um, just because going to the games and stuff and just that fan culture they have down there. They love those Braves, man. They love them. And, Definitely. Uh, well, we were going to ask you about Freddie Freeman, but I guess I'll ask you how it feels to get outbid by the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. That's crazy. That but, was that was a shocker. That was at like, what, two in the morning last night? Yeah, and I got the update on my phone when I woke up this morning. Practically. Really? Oh, that's pretty crazy. I think 
I would say, in my opinion, I think they won the trade they had with them. Um, you know, and I know a lot of Yankees fans will say what they want about Gary, but I, I didn't mind him too much, but I think they got what they needed. Um, I think that guy, Falefa, or however you pronounce his name, I think he's going to be pretty good. So I think it'll be interesting. But, yeah, crazy to get out there like that. Um, yeah. You know, the sm- – the- I feel like the Braves, excuse me, the Braves, the Twins have been waiting to pay a pitcher like that much money, and now yeah, <laughs> they just yeah, got shortstop for a couple of years. So, but I mean, when you look at their lineup, it's like even like especially with the Dodgers now it's Freeman. I mean, they look like all-star team rosters almost, like just yeah. very powerful, a lot of home runs, a lot of hits. So, it'd be interesting to see. I'm glad we finally get to have a season and then talk about having a season. The lockout just ended, so. Yeah, it was an interesting couple of months. We're waiting for the Red Sox to make a splash personally, but, you know, okay. who knows who strikes first between Red Sox and Yankees. <laughs> They're and always in it, though. They're always in it. The interest kings, as they, as the, some most of Twitter says. <laughs> All right, moving on from the MLB, focusing on your college career. You're a senior at Mount St. Vincent. How has your season been so far? Is it good to be back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good to be back. Um, last year, you know, with COVID, we ended up just playing conference games only, so been good to expand out you know and play some teams not from our conference and stuff funny enough um, my coach Mag Edmond he uh he's at Trinity as an assistant and we actually just went out and played him the other night so it was good to see him and just I mean playing a con like playing teams from that conference especially the NESCAC very very strong conference and good baseball so it's been really good to be back um I think we're, we're six and five right now um I think we could be a little better than that uh, we've had some bumps here and there but it's going good just really good to get back we've been lucky with the the weather that we've been having so can't complain so you had a few games at diamond nation which is my i think all-time favorite place to play really no kidding yeah i love it there the fields are on top of each other yeah right on top of each other really nice really nice turf they uh they just did redid one of them um with brand new turf so it's been pretty cool there um yeah unfortunately we have to go out there um for our home games because unfortunately we just don't have a a field for us so we're uh we schedule games all over at different universities and stuff but yeah diamond nation is beautiful i don't i would play there any day of the week yeah i can relate to that a little bit you know going to emerson we don't have a field in the city either um but so you like you said you moved to georgia did you always know you were did you live in when you were getting recruited to Mount St. Vincent? Did you live in New York, or can you tell us that whole process? Yeah, so, um, so I moved down to Georgia um, my freshman year of high school after I finished my freshman year, um, and I went down there. I did three years of high school down there, and yeah, funny story. I uh, I was ready to kind of just pack it up. Like I always obviously loved baseball and stuff, and it was the fall of my senior year, and. Uh, it was we were just going in the fall and I got a call from my travel coach. He's like, Hey, listen, you want to come down to this perfect game tournament in Florida? We're just going down. We need a few couple guys, you know, and you can come with us if you like. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I had actually, I was, had sent my housing deposit into Georgia Southern to just go there and go to study there. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I went down there. Um, I had a pretty good week. And the one coach that actually came up to me and talked to me was uh, the assistant here at, Mount St. Vincent and uh, one of the first questions I asked him was you know why what did you like and what did you see in me and he just the things he said was exactly how I think about my swing and everything like that and I was like yeah I really 
going to take a look at it. I like how I've been from New York. So I was definitely interested to get in, into the city and look and just see if, you know, this could be a place for me. And very glad that I was able to make that choice. Very glad. Yeah, you go from almost hanging it up to in 2021 being the Skyline Conference Player of the Year. You, in 22 games, you had a 541 average, 27 RBIs. What was it like to perform that well in 2021, especially coming after, after everything that happened with COVID? Yeah, yeah, especially after COVID. Um, it was great. It really was because I, I really do I, – I did work really hard and stuff like that. But it was awesome because you really – we have a really good group of guys here and, um, you know, with the coach and everything and just – you really want to do so well for those guys. And I was just, we were just in so many games and just being able to do well and all of us did well. And uh, it was just really nice to be able to do that and just kind of get some recognition for it. It is nice here and there. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it's different, you know, but it was cool. All right. So I'm looking at these Trinity stats. You, you know, Everyone's knows Blinstrip's in the lineup after you get 500 last year, 540, excuse me, last year. Uh, did Getty walk you twice on purpose when you played against Trinity? I say one for two, two walks. Um, I don't think so, actually, but he did. Plus had a good scout on you. Yeah, he, he definitely had. I mean, a lot of my hits are middle to left field, and you could see the shift. The shift was pretty. It, I'm almost pretty certain that he mentioned that make it over-exaggerated just so he sees it and knows it. Um, but he definitely had a good scouting report on me. He knows what I like and what I don't like up there. So, and we were talking before the game and stuff, and he was like, I'm not going to tell him too much, but he's like, just be ready. He's like, just be ready. And I was like, all right. But it was a good game up until that last inning. They ended up hitting a grand slam in the bottom of the eighth to really blow it open. But we were in there the whole time, and it was just a really good game. And it was funny to, funny to be on the opposite end of him coaching against us. So. Yeah, that's certainly interesting. And that kind of relates to our next question. We ask every D3 guy we have on this podcast this question, but how much pride do you take in playing Division Three baseball? Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think being a part of this kind of league where it's just such great talent and stuff like that, um, it may, really kind of makes you proud. And you just love um, everything that goes on with D3 um, because it's all about academics first, too, and that's important. And you know, baseball and all about managing that. Um, and I think it's really, really is good, great town everywhere. Um, and I've just really enjoyed playing D3, just with that focus on both ac academics and athletics. Um, but yeah, I really do take some pride in playing college baseball, especially at this level. Yeah, we love our D3 guys in the futures. You know, they've been on huge, they've made huge impacts on teams that have won rings. They've made you know, you were, you guys were right there, came down to the wire last year um, up in Vermont, over in Pittsfield and every, all over New England. Um, moving on a little bit though, back to Mount St. Vincent. So you guys are the Dolphins. Is there a story behind that? Do you know why you guys are the Dolphins? And it's funny because everyone always asks me and I never have a good answer for it. Um, I really have no idea. And that's one of the biggest things we get chirped for. <laughs> Like, especially if the bullpen's out in outfield, they'll be like, why? What's with the Dolphins? There's no Dolphins in New York City. And we're like, honestly, yeah, there's not. I, um, yeah, I'm not really sure where that came from. I probably should, as I've been here for four years. I just know where that comes from. But I really don't. But I think it's funny because we do get that. That is one of the biggest things other teams will 
yell at us. Like, there's no dolphins in the Hudson River down there. <laughs> all right. So we have, yeah, there's certainly no dolphins in the Hudson River. So, all right. We have some dolphins trivia for you. We figured this would fit right in. <laughs> what sound does a dolphin make? It's like, uh, <laughs> am I supposed to make it? It's like, it's like, whenever you type it out, it's like the E. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's a funny noise. It, it, I can imagine some bullpen screaming that oh, at you. Oh, yeah. Always, always. <laughs> we, we, we do that. We definitely do that. Like, if somebody has a double, sometimes you'll hear it from the bullpen. You're just like, you just got to laugh and shake Love it. That's D3 baseball right oh, there. Oh, yeah. That's that in a nutshell. All right, this one's a little tougher. What year did the Miami Dolphins football team go undefeated? 17-0. I'm going to guess sixteen the Marino era, and I wish I knew exactly when that was. Um, 88. <laughs> Owen, do you have a guess, or did you look this up? Uh, I'm going to go 1994. That's my guess. All right. It was, according to extensive research, the 1972-73 season. Wow. A little off. A little, little, off. little off. That's all right. That was a, I had to look it up, to yeah. be fair. I wonder if that was when Marino was playing. Damn, damn Marino. I wonder. I'm going to get my history straight here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know was. We're putting each other on the spot. Uh, all right, so final trivia question. Your two mascots, the Suns and the Dolphins, if they fought each other, who's winning? Oof. I would say the Dolphins. Dolphins are pretty smart. Dolphins might get them. But dolphins definitely know their way around. So they got to deal with sharks and all of them. So I don't I don't know. I think the Dolphin would take that. Breaking news, Dolphins are stronger than the sun. <laughs> I hope they don't get upset I said that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, I don't think so. Before we return to our interview with Jake Blindstrom, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to Jake. And transitioning to the summer here, obviously in 2021, you played for the Suns. What was that experience like? I had a great experience, and I tell everyone, um, it was honestly one, probably the best summer I've ever had. Um, between the coaches and the players and the relationships that I made, um, and then playing in front of all these fans, and everything really about the league. Um, you know, playing D3 baseball, you don't really get in front of, you know, hundreds and thousands of fans a night. Um, with all that going on and stuff like at Worcester, they're playing tequila during the eighth inning and stuff like that. Just cool things like that, um, that I'll honestly take away forever. And, uh, still in contact with a lot of the kids on the team. Um, we all just meshed really well together. We got along so well and that really helped me great experience And Pittsfield, you know, it was a wonderful town. Um, I had a great host right next to the field. 
um and playing at wakona park is just really historic and cool just to say you know that's the home field that's really but, interesting i've never heard an opposing player say they liked tequila before that's usually the complete <laughs> yeah no it, definitely and i think it's a i'm sure if i was pitching i'd feel a little different i just like i i had no choice but to sit out there and just laugh and i enjoy it like people get into it and i love i was like that's awesome that's pretty cool and, and a lot of times there was a few times I think it worked against us. They ended up scoring a few runs. So whatever works, I guess. Yeah, whatever works, especially in summer bowl. And what was working for the season was you guys. You played, you had a great season. You came back against Brockton to the playoffs to make it to the championship. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but it was a great championship series nonetheless. What was it like being part of that postseason run and you know getting to that final game? Yeah, it was it was so cool. It was uh, it was pretty special too. We I know we had a lot of guys um, that had to leave and go get ready for their seasons, um, so it was time for some guys to step up, including myself. And it was just a really nice experience. And you know, we had some great moments and great times that we did. Like I'm never, I don't think I've ever been part of a cooler um, event or memory than uh, Lara's home run to put uh, us ahead against Brockton in that game three match in the playoffs. So just experiencing something like that, um, like the playoff atmosphere and something like that, and something that we all really care for and we wanted to win so bad, um, it was it was awesome. It really was, um, and I'll never forget it. Honestly, it was we came so close and we fought so hard till the end. So, yeah, something that gets uh, not overlooked, but a little a little overlooked because it was you know such a good championship series. The Brockton game two, you guys are at Campanelli. In the ninth inning, Quigley was on the mound. Eric Ramirez ropes one down the line, and it was foul. And that would have been your season yeah. right there. And then there's a ground – I forget who was playing third. Ground ball to third, Gervasi turned it at home. And yeah. it was a 5-4 – excuse me, double play. And that kept it alive, and then you guys won game three. And – um what what were you looking at in the outfield there after like the the close call and left on the foul ball and then yeah yeah and I I believe Quigley that was his first batter maybe but yeah the roped one down the line and I was in right and I like was running up in case I had to back up or anything and I was like looking I was like oh is that gonna get down and luckily you know it was foul and then I think it was uh it was Anton Lazitz um he's uh, going to Columbia he's a freshman at Columbia this year and he wasn't playing that game and he was probably cold on the bench, you know, and a coach is like, Hey, like go, go to third base real quick. We need like to sub you out in third base. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> and next play hot shot right to him, fields it right to Gervasi and he makes a great throw to first. And I was like, we all like all the outfielders swarm because we go and meet up in center field after a win. We're just like, what? We're like, Holy cow. That was awesome. Just, yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, you never know what you're going to get during a Futures League postseason and a Futures League season. You touched on it a little bit during the last question. A lot of teams, including you guys, had a lot of roster turnover this year. There were guys coming and going and going and coming back and all that. How do you keep kind of the chemistry in the locker room and everything kind of straight when you're when you're playing a season where there's so much roster turnover? Yeah, um, I would say just like the guys that would come in and out, everybody was so cool and going about their business and doing what they want to do and doing what they could for the team. Everybody that we came close with, um, you know, the people who were there the whole times, 
um, it was it was nice just to have those guys around and have everyone just up and know how we do things there. And yeah, everyone who came in was just really had the right mindset and really just came a part of the you know what we call the family. And yeah, it was pretty cool to keep that with everyone. One of the most unique roster turnover uh, acquisitions was Chief Wakona as well. <laughs> did you yeah. have to carry the statue on the bus or? No, thankfully I did not. Usually <laughs> I'd, like, I'd see it sitting there and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to head to the bus real quick and <laughs> you know, I'd see if I could. But yeah, that, that was an interesting um, little tactic we tried to come up with at the end there. It was fun bringing him around and just having him dressing him up with the, the hat and the, the Suns jersey. It was it was almost the perfect good luck charm. It got you guys pretty far. I credit it one hundred percent, not Gedman or the players, just just the statue. Strictly Chief Okona. He yep. he was the reason. He did it for us. Uh, what was it like having Coach uh, Matt Gedman as the uh, skipper in Pittsfield? Yeah, um, he was awesome, man. He uh, I got nothing but good things to say about him. Um, just uh, his knowledge of the game, um, the way he treats his players. Um, you know, we developed a really good relationship. Um, like I still text him and talk to him all the time um, because he's just that guy. He's he uh, he knows his stuff really well. Um, he's a great manager, um, and he just keeps it so fun and loose. You know, and that's to me, especially in summer ball, I think that's how it, you know for the most part I would like to play it. And I think that was one of the reasons for such our success is how he managed the games and how he went about day to day business. Um, but yeah, it was, I was I love playing for him. Uh, I tell a lot of people that I was like, that's probably the best coach I've ever played for, um, for sure. And yeah, nothing but good things to say about him. The highest of compliments for Coach Gedman there. So how'd you end up on the Suns? Was it Getty? Was it someone else? Was it your coach putting you in the future? Yeah. So it was actually he's not here anymore. It was one of the assistant coaches. Um, he's good friends with our head coach, so he was assistant here, um, and it was actually. Uh, Gedman's roommate in college, uh, Nick Serino at UMass. Um, so he, you know, was talking to him and uh, my head coach was trying to get me in there. So we had him talk to Gedman and uh, Gedman was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll take him. And thankfully he did. And uh, yeah, so that's how I ended up there. And I was all for it. As soon as he said yes, I was like, all right, here, here's everything. Here's my contract. I'm, I'm coming. That's it. Yeah, sure. We'll take the kid that hit 540. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you continued your success into the summer. As we mentioned off the top, you were an all-star. You played in New Britain. What was that experience like? That was really cool. Uh, just meeting everyone uh, that, you know, played and just different guys, especially on different teams. Um, and it was interesting to see how, like, it's almost like everyone in the league was just the same almost and really cool. You could have great conversation with everyone. They're obviously very talented and good at baseball and stuff. So it's nice to pick everyone's brain and just develop new relationships, especially with opposing teams that you really wouldn't have conversations with those guys if it weren't for that. Um, but yeah, the whole experience was really cool uh, with the fans and everything. And then I, I thought the home run derby was awesome. Um, that was a really, really good home run derby, but yeah, the whole thing was really cool. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. Another way you can meet the other team is during a sun delay. Oh, oh yeah. Were you ever uh, up at the plate when it was getting pretty low, or did yeah? I assume oh, yeah. everyone was. It was. 
yeah, there was a few times where I'd even like, I'd like look at the ump. I'm like, you sure this is okay? Because I was like, I really can't see it. I was like, I'm really just guessing here. But it was, uh, it was interesting. It was pretty funny just to see this, the sun, like, right. I like, you have to kind of keep your head down and like look at a certain way just to see, be able to see the ball. And it was worse if a lefty was pitching for me. I was like, oh gosh, I, like, I don't know if I can, I can see this. Uh, there's been yeah, a few times. Chris through. Sale. Yeah, yeah, literally. But yeah, there's been a few times this season, actually, for my spring season that there's been a sun problem out in center, like it's creeping in there and catcher's like, wow, this is getting bad. I'm like, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> I was like, well, you wouldn't believe this. But yeah, that's one of those things about Pittsfield that makes it so awesome. It's just they got the little quirky things about it and the sun delay is like unheard of. Everyone I said would say that too. They're like, what, what is that? <laughs> like, what is a sun delay? Yeah. Sun delays are such a unique part of Pittsfield and, you know, we appreciate it. Some we appreciate the uniqueness, but maybe not the delay. And <laughs> exactly. Especially if you're up to bat. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta, that's gotta, and, and if you're the catcher too, like that's gotta be, we talked to, <laughs> about, like, yeah, we talked to Mike Gervasi last this summer about it. And that's just like, that's dangerous. Well, yeah, and Mestre was saying, he was like, I want it there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So a little bit of an advantage. That's funny. Yeah. It's probably pretty dangerous. <laughs> it's like... yeah. And we also mentioned this off the top, but you were nominated for the Adam Keenan Award for the Pittsfield. It's given to a player who exemplifies uh, outstanding attitude, character, and sportsmanship that is synonymous with Adam's legacy. That is from direct quote from the Futures League website. And this is from Matt Gedman. Jake is a kid that makes everyone around him feel like they, he, they're known. A guy who plays the game the right way, an outstanding teammate, and always smiles ear to ear. You've had a you know, nice smile on throughout this entire podcast as well. What is it like to hear that from him and to receive that uh, recognition this summer? Um, that was actually, yeah, that was really important to me. That was uh, just to be nominated even for such a great award and legacy for Adam. Um, so unfortunate what happened to him um, and stuff. But, yeah, it was just really, um, you know, my parents were really proud of me for it. You know, that's how, how they always tried to raise me. And it just – I enjoyed it too because, you know, I always try to be positive, have a great attitude. Like I, you know, I am smiling in this interview so much. I just really enjoyed being around everyone this year. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I consider myself a people person. I like talking to everybody and getting everyone going. So yeah, it was really, really special to me to win that award. Um, I was very glad to be nominated for that. So that was really awesome. Yeah, certainly well-deserved and obviously you got to make your parents proud. So that's, that's great. It's great to hear. For sure. Before we get back to our interview with Jake Blinstrup, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Bat Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Bat Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continuing to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the Major Leagues. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian Bats, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. To find out more information about Zorian, go to ZorianBats.com. That's Z-O-R-I-A-N Bats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Jake Blinstrup. 
And we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Jake, we got a couple more questions for our audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do it. This is the tough one right off the bat. Who was your favorite teammate in Pittsfield? Oh, wow. Wow, I hope they're not going to get upset with me, but between a few different guys, but I would say me and me and Jack Cooney, I definitely, I got along with him real well. Um, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy right there. Jack Cooney, the fan favorite Pittsfield native right there. Legend. And for walk-up music, what's blaring at either Mount St. Vincent or what was blaring in Pittsfield this summer when you were coming up to the plate? Um, it was a Kanye song. It was Dark Fantasy. It was just, uh, it was right, like, at the minute mark, and I just really liked the beat as, like, it's just a complete change in the song. I just, like, right as I'm stepping in the batter's box, the the beat would drop. So, I, that was it. That just echoes through the, through Ocona. The, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the speakers are, like, in there. They're backed up. They're very loud. Very, everyone hears it. I was like, that was, I got to go with that. And you mentioned your favorite big league team was the Yankees earlier. So how about favorite big league player, whether it's current or historical? Oh, wow. Right now, currently, I would say, honestly, it's not, not the Yankees. Uh, it's Juan Soto. I just love watching that guy play. I love watching his swing. Um, yeah, he's great to watch. And I just love how he plays the game. So I would say Juan Soto. Yeah, he's funny. He's one of those guys trying to change the game, make it better, make it younger, make it funner, uh, more fun. I think funner should be a word, though. But uh, what about a favorite ballpark you've played in and then one you've been at as a fan? Okay. Uh, I'd have to say one of the ones in the Futures League, honestly. Or, Uh, I would say I, I'm going to go with Norwich. I think Norwich had a really cool facility. Their clubhouse was huge and really interesting. And then the field was just beautiful. So I would say Norwich was one of the nicer stadiums I played in. Um, and then that I've been to, I got I to gotta say Truist Park down in Atlanta. Um, the new one is pretty incredible if you get to go out there and see it. They, uh, they did a really nice job with that field. So I'd say that one for the MLB. The old one down there, that was Turner Field, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I've been to Turner before. That was a cool one too. Turner was cool. Yeah. They uh they turned it at Georgia State University is actually I think they bought that now. So I think it's okay. turned it into their football field. And then they for some reason they didn't use it as the baseball field either. They built a different one right across the street. So <laughs> but yeah, Turner Field was real nice too. Nice skyline in the background and stuff. Yeah. Uh, 16 seed Georgia State right there. Tough loss to Gonzaga the other night. Oh, um, for a while. I don't think my girlfriend's filled out a bracket before and she picked Georgia State. <laughs> so, uh, hey, she would have looked like a genius. Oh, though. my gosh. <laughs> We're like, I, knew, I knew it. The only one. Uh, <laughs> what about something that's on your sports bucket list, whether it's a game or stadium or anything? Um. On the bucket list, let's see. I would say, yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool for especially like like us here because we're so close. We're like 10 minutes from Yankee Stadium. I think it would have been cool. It would be cool to get a game on Yankee Stadium over there. And You know, I'm not a big power guy, but 314, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes up there. It's like, so, but yeah, I think Yankee Stadium, playing at Yankee Stadium would be 
definitely mine on my bucket list. I think I hit one of those wiffle balls out at Dick's Sporting Goods at Yankee Stadium, but <laughs> hey, that, hey, that counts, right? <laughs> um, are you superstitious on game day? It's weird. Like sometimes it's like it literally changes for me. Like sometimes I'm like, I got to put this batting glove on first and this one too. But sometimes I don't even like when I'm so. It, it's weird. Sometimes I'm just like, nah, like whatever. If I'm struggling, it's not. And then if I'm doing well, I'll, I'll do the same things over and over until it's changes that's baseball right there and last question of this quick hit segment presented by zephyr what is a favorite all-time baseball memory it might be cliche to say but honestly this summer with laura's home run i uh i don't think i've ever really been a, a part of something as cool as that you know just that when he hit it as soon as i was uh i was in the hole so i was out there but I, you know, if you look at the video, you see me run out and before it even goes over the fence, I'm jumping up and down, like, let's go. That was, yeah, by far one of the, probably the coolest moment I've ever been a part of. Yeah, that's awesome being there for your teammate after he hit such a big home run. That's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. Jake, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. And we can't wait to follow you this season at Mount St. Vincent. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you. You guys take care. This has been episode eight of season four of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.